Today's episode is brought to you by Shannon Lee Strategy. So guys, if you're like me, do you struggle sometimes on your Instagram game? I know I have in the past. There's always something changing in their algorithm, changing with the hashtags, changing with shadow banning or, you know, something crazy. But if you are struggling to understand which hashtags to use, uh, how to grow your engagement, how to get clients through Instagram, then today's guest, Shannon, has an amazing free three-part training just for you. So it's going to show you how to use the right hashtags, when to use them, how to post, what to post, and everything in between. It's amazing. It's free. And you guys do not want to miss this. It's going to be a killer, killer challenge and workshop. So if you're interested in participating in this awesome workshop, just go to shannonleestrategy.com slash Instagram dash hashtags dash engagement dash workshop and put in in the lead form the word podcast so she knows you came here from the podcast. I hope you'll enjoy this awesome training. I know I'll see you there. All right, guys. Enjoy. You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biz Babes with Soul. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to be doing my first remote on-location podcast recording. I've never done one with the person actually sitting directly across from me. So, yay! I'm actually um, on a little workcation in Bend, Oregon, and so I decided to interview a couple of my social media marketing tribe that I met back in March. So this week, I have my amazing friend Shannon Hinderberger here. She is a social media maven. She is an amazing coach, and she's awesome. So welcome, Shannon. Hello. I'm so excited you're here, having so much fun exploring Bend this week. It's been great to kind of be a tourist in my town. I know. It's cool. I... I usually don't get this royal treatment, so it's been pretty fun. (laughs) So tell everybody about who you are, what you do, how you got started, in case they don't know you yet. So I'm Shannon Hindenburger of Shannon Lee Strategy. I started um, Shannon Lee Strategy two years ago. So I simplify social media and online marketing for businesses and entrepreneurs through strategy, execution, coaching, and mentorship. so people ask you, like, really, what do you do? Like, execution strategy, I don't get it. And so um, I do, I have three services. Um, I work with brands on web and social media, content development, execution, email marketing, list building, advertising, 
um, everything that has to do with the online journey because your website and social media are the most important um, advertising tools that you have online. So I uh, create engaging content that's visually appealing that also speaks to your ideal client. I work with a photographer, I work with graphic designers, and we really, really, really work on the right content and not just posting to post. And then about a year ago, I started coaching small businesses and entrepreneurs and women one-on-one how to do it themselves in under 10 hours a month. Mm -hmm. And then last March, I launched a group coaching program. Um, And I have another group that starts in September. So that's what I do. Now, how I got started was a whole roundabout situation. Yeah, because I'm sure you didn't just dream this up overnight. No, it was a long journey of I wanted to be a broadcast journalist from the time I was probably five. So um, I have a degree in broadcast journalism from the University of Nebraska. Um, I worked in broadcast journalism for a whole nine months after I graduated (laughs) college. I did work, um, I graduated college in 97, but I started working in broadcasting in 1996 as an intern. And um, I quickly learned that I didn't want to be on air, that I wanted to be behind the scenes. And so I was a news producer and I did that about nine months out of college. And then one morning I was in the lobby at the TV station and a gentleman was getting his mail, and he's like, oh, I've never seen you before. And our office was in the basement of the building, and he mm-hmm. was in the same building, worked for the same company, but was in the was on the top floor, and introduced himself. Hi, I'm Chris. I work for Cox Interactive Media, and I worked for Cox News. And so I just was like, "What? Do you, what's interactive media? And he's like, oh, well, we build city sites all over the country. Um, they were building one in Omaha, Nebraska. And he said, um, what do you do? And I said, I'm a news producer. And he goes, that's really funny because I'm looking to hire a news producer for online oh, wow. and hired me literally on the spot. And that changed my life. And it was like August of, it was July of 1998. And ever since then, I've been working in the online space. Wow. And yeah. I'm sure that you've seen a lot of changes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Google ads. <laughs> I remember when Google ads were really inexpensive. I remember when SEO was barely a thing. Uh-huh. Um when Facebook started emerging and Twitter in 2006 started emerging, um, I, I transitioned into working with brands. And so um, I was always the head of some sort of online component in our marketing department. And um, I've been that way since uh, since 1998. Yeah, because they probably thought, oh, she's young. She, yeah. she knows what's going on. So I just have stayed abreast of everything and gone to conferences like South by Southwest and Social Media Marketing World and worked the corporate life. Um, and then three years ago, my husband was like, why don't you take a step back and work part time? And I went and worked for a digital agency and then started to build my own agency up. And then the election happened and I kind of got scared um, with Trump being elected, not to get political, but it really scared me. And I've really said to my husband, like, maybe I should go back and work full time. And then the next day I ran into somebody that worked at like one of my favorite brands and they said they were hiring and I interviewed and I had some really mixed feelings about it, but I was, I should have followed my intuition (sighs) and I took the job and my dream job ended up not being my dream job. And I should have walked away that first day and, um, I didn't, and I stayed in it for six months and, I learned a valuable lesson to follow your gut and decided from that experience that I needed to go out and be on my own. So I've been doing my own work for two years now. Yeah. That's funny about the intuition thing. I think that not not 
most of us don't always listen to that. We're just, we get scared by the money or by, like you said, just thinking, oh, let me think about the future. Let me think about insurance or, because I've had a similar experience where I was like, this is the job. This is going to make everything easier. And then you're like, oh, no, no, it's not. No, it didn't make anything easier. In fact, it was like a lot of heartbreak, a lot of lost sleep. It was the industry I wanted to work in, and it was a dream to do that, but I quickly found out that I don't want to say it was a nightmare. It wasn't all that was presented to me, and I should have, in that first couple of days, just said, you know, this isn't this isn't me, but I don't like to give up, and I like to fight, 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 fight. Uh, when it's fight or flight, I do not flight, I fight. And um, I was like, no, I can do this. I got this. I got this. I told I got this. I got this. And then... I was fired and I was fired not because I did anything wrong. It was a personality issue, which has happened to me twice in my career. Which is funny because you don't have like a bitchy personality. No, I mean, I I want to do the right thing. And that's what always would get me into trouble is everybody thinks that they are, um, when I've worked at past places, um, you know, um, non-marketing people have opinions about marketing and, um, you know, when you say let's do this instead of this, um, you know, or this idea might, you know, make a few people mad. Let's, let's go about it this way. Uh, a lot of the leadership that I work with, you know, was really about their own ego and really about, um, not really doing the right thing. And mine wasn't really ego. It was more, let's do the right thing. Let's make sure you have an awesome website and let's make you make sure you have awesome photos and let's make sure that it's SEO'd correctly. And, and if you're not doing all those things and you want to have this killer campaign with mm-hmm. billboards all over a city that, you know, are really geared towards men and making women mad, you know, it's like, let's go back. Like, mm-hmm. so you have to really think about the whole picture. Um, you have to think about the whole picture and do the right thing. And that's what always got me into trouble with those jobs that weren't a good fit. But I did have an amazing job where it was an amazing fit. And the person always said to me, it's about doing the right thing. And if you're doing the right things and and uh, and executing on them, you're going to see growth. And it takes time, too. Yeah, it does. And I think you're right about people feeling threatened when you bring up ideas, especially if you have more experience than the person in leadership. People get a little mad. If you throw out ideas, but I think we're of the same cloth where we just want to help people and we want to do a good job and not everybody wants that kind of leadership style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a let's collaborate and work together and not of the mindset of your boss comes to you and says, we're going to do this and you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more of a let's sit down and think about all the pieces with it to see if it's going to work. I have found that uh, there's a difference between leadership and a boss. Yeah. I don't like to say my boss if the person was an amazing leader. I Mm -hmm. like to say my leader or the leader of our company or something like that. But I've worked in situations where somebody was truly a boss. Like they would, you know, plop themselves down in my desk and swerve on our marketing plans. And um, I just decided that after that situation that I just wanted to do the right thing for people. Mm. And doing the right thing isn't a one-size-fit-all Yeah, for everybody. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So now that you've transitioned into your own thing in the past couple of years, what does success look like for you now? So success looks like work flexibility. Mm. Success looks like um, word of mouth. 
Um, I locally, where I live in Bend, have a great word of mouth and Yeah, she does. She's killing it. <laughs> yeah, I uh we have these community pages on Facebook and they'll say I need a social media strategist and I people will post, um, I need a social media strategist and we have a lot of marketing people in town and a lot of consultants and 10 people will post my name and I'll feel really bad for the one or two, you know, the people, the, the 10 other people that get mentioned once. And that has really just started happening in the last year, mainly because I just get out and market and give just tons of value. It has nothing to do with, I mean, it has all to do with my clients are saying that, but it has all to do with, hey, the, the, being part of local networking groups and saying, what do people want? What do people need help with and how can I help? And spending 10 minutes talking about it. Um, and so then I have this great word of mouth locally. So it's like, um, I feel like that's a success. Um, you know, I'm paying my bills and I'm making money, but I really don't like to equate the money as equal success part. Mm-hmm. Though money, I love what I do. And I like to say it's not about the money. I still do need to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't make that the focus. So the success has been the work flexibility part and really just the word of mouth and people coming to me, um, to, because somebody has told them to work with me. Yeah. What has been the hardest part of this journey? The hardest part has been, um, I'm great at talking about what you should do, Mm -hmm. um, and how you should do it. It's selling myself has been the hardest part. Yep. (laughs) Selling myself. I could talk all day in the face about, like, this is what you should do for Instagram engagement, and you should spend time on, you know, LinkedIn over Instagram. I mean, that's not the case for everybody, but I'm just throwing out points there. I can give you reasons why you should be doing video or showing up visibly in front of folks, but when it comes to, hi, let's 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 talk about, like, your services, I clam up, and I've been really trying to work on that with a sales coach. Yeah. Speaking of coaches... How has that process been? What I know you've worked with a few, and so have I. What has that journey been like for you, and what have you gotten out of it? So, um, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Rachel Hollis. Um, there are things about them that I do and, and don't like. Um, the one thing about Gary Vaynerchuk that I love is he's like, you need to hire the people that you want to be like in order to succeed. And you need to find that person that will be willing to work with you and help you grow because there's plenty of room out there for, you know, what I do. So um, there's a lot of online marketing coaches. And I really, 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 really uh, decided to hire one in particular that does exactly what I wanted to do. And it was an amazing experience. Um, It was not one-on-one. It was uh, in a group setting, so the accountability and the friendships that I made, um, I still talk to those people every day. And um, you, when you are when you hire a coach, um, you're spending a lot of money um, to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And um, when it's in like a group setting, it's really hard to get the one-on-one attention. Um, but in this particular avenue, this person did work and tell me some of their secrets, but not all of them, because uh, I I don't know if it's hard to put into words um, how I hire I, when you hire somebody, you want to hire them because you want to be like them. You're seeing something that you really like. Um, but when somebody says to you, well, I don't know if I can share that information, um, that's when it's kind of 
okay, this might not be the best fit, mm-hmm. but I did, I was in a coaching program for a year. Um, I've done a couple I've done. I worked, um, I did the B school with Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. I worked with Sue Zimmerman, um, in Ready, Set, Graham and part of B school at our hive. And now I work with Carrie Brady, who's a sales coach. And I have to say that you eventually grow out, grow out of everybody. I grew out of the B school. Mm-hmm. I grew out of Susan Zimmerman. She was amazing with teaching how to um, execute your brand on Instagram. Um, but there's more. I needed more. I needed to like, okay, I know how to execute my brand on Instagram. How do I get people to hire me? Mm-hmm. And so that was something that she really could provide. So I started looking around and um, I found Carrie Brady, who works with the Slay Coach and other folks. And... Um, it's really hard to tell that person, like, you know, um, my B-school group, like, hey, I need to move on. I need somebody new. Who do you have to suggest? Um, it was hard to move on from Sue. And I talked to Sue all the time. Um, but I just need to grow in areas where I need to grow. And and it's, you, sh- you know, you may, you should always evaluate your coaches because it's a lot of money. If you're not getting anything from it and um, it's time to move on yeah, and be honest with them, like, I've mastered Instagram. It's time to master sales outside of Instagram. It's time to masters like master like what my website page should look like and what a sales call should look like because I'll get on a call with somebody and I'll have no idea to say what to say. And now I know what to say. Um, and like I said, it's not really for me. It's not really about making the money. I don't see that person as a dollar sign. That person is somebody that truly needs to be helped. And I can help them, tell them, like, and look where they're at, where they, where they need to be and where they will end up being. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a difficult decision to move on. And it's sometimes as women, we're emotionally tied to that person. Like mm-hmm. this person got me to X, but I need to get to, you know, Z. And, um, I just have found that you just be honest and get what you need. And if you can't get what you need, you need to find somebody that truly is rocking at it and talk to them and get their advice and get coaching from them. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I also think if you don't feel like you've gotten something out of the program or out of the one-on-one, take a second to evaluate if you actually did all the work. Yes, that's key. Because I know I've done programs where I'm like, well, I didn't get much out of it. And then I'm like, well, shit, I actually didn't do the work because I was in a weird emotional place or I let busyness get in the way of the program. Yeah. So don't discount what your coach is teaching you. Sometimes they may not do the best job, but nine times out of 10, it's probably something you did. Not to place blame on yourself, but just make sure you're actually showing up and doing the work. Yes, that is really important. Um, with everything that I'm, all these programs that I've just talked about, B-School, I did the work. With Sue, I did the work. With her, um, I did a Hive group that was a Facebook um, with Sue, and I really, really liked it, but I needed a little bit more. And I, when I was looking for a sales coach, um, I was like, this is a really weird time to be hiring somebody because I'm going to be traveling. I was literally traveling for three weeks of the beginning of it. And um, I finally just sat down and reviewed those three weeks and the last one that I missed um, in a day. And um, if you're not doing the work, then it's really on you. And I mm-hmm. tell that to my own coaching clients. Like they have, they have homework they need to accomplish every week. 
And I try to make it simple, actionable steps that they take because it's you have to, you know, if you are an entrepreneur and a solopreneur doing your own online strategy, um, you don't know where to go. And that's where I guide folks. But in the end, it's like, this is where you should be spending time and you really shouldn't be spending more than 10 hours a month on it. But if you're not doing the work and getting consistent and being confident and creating the right content, then you're not going to be successful. And I always make sure, like, are you ready to take the challenge, like the one hour calls every week and then the homework every week? Because um, it's a big commitment to spend two hours of your week working on your visibility. And mm-hmm. I have, I think I've shared with you, I have a YouTube class that I bought in March that I haven't even started yet. Yes. <laughs> I know. And we were just talking about that. How I, we've both bought a ton of courses and classes and webinars that just sit in folders in our, on our computers. Yeah. yeah. And I just, both of us need to commit to taking time to going through those. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I redid B-School this year. Um, and then I also redid Ready, Set, Graham. Because I was like, well, I... I know Instagram, but there were a lot of changes last year. And that's the other thing about social media is you have to always be learning and always be saying. So I redo a few programs. A few years ago, my first taste at the online course part that I did was Amazing Selling Machine. It's an Amazon program that's about $5,000. And they basically teach you from beginning to end how to source, um, how to find source and get your product on Amazon. And it's an amazing program. I just found out literally six months after I launched my product that I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm. But that what I've learned in that um, program, and it was an online program, there weren't wasn't anybody that I could ask for help, um, was that uh, you have to do the work in order to make it happen. Yeah. And they had real tangible steps. Like you need to, you know, Look, you know, there's tools you need to do to mine for, you know, which products are viable on Amazon and you need to source products through Alibaba and work with China and how to work with China, like how to work with people in China. Um, But you have to, in order to make it happen, do the work. And there was somebody that signed up um, a few months after I did the program and I was helping them and they just wouldn't do the work and they got all mad that, you know, they got this product from China and... um, you know, they weren't really married to it. And I just said, did you really do all the work in it? Did you really do all the research? Did you really make it a fast thing? And she basically came out and said, you're right. I didn't do all the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is key. Yeah, it's a no key matter, to any No coaching. matter what you're doing, no matter what your product, your service, your business, if you don't show up for the things that you've bought or show up for your clients, it's not going to be good. Yeah. It's yeah. really not yeah. So um, with online courses, I always find the ones where you get direct access. Some sort of direct access are the best, um, the ones that you have to take on your own. Um, if there's not a community involved around it, um, you're like a Facebook group or a Mighty Networks group or some sort of like forum where you can go ask. Um, mm-hmm. They're not successful. So, yeah, I agree. Um, community is definitely key. I've done both. And I have come to love and hate Facebook groups, but the Facebook groups that I'm in for courses or, you know, mentorship groups or whatever, those are my favorite because you're all trying to achieve a goal. You're all helping each Well, sometimes you're collaborating and helping. There's always a few people who want to 
forge their own way and don't want to help, but most people want to help each other. Mm-hmm. And I that's kind of what makes those kind of courses magical, I think. Yeah. B-School was magical because we had a group, um, a small little group, um, and that was how I started working with Sue Zimmerman. Um, that was, that is, we still talk today and we still do things together and we still chat. Uh, we'll send each other Facebook videos or Facebook calls and um, we've collaborated, I've collaborated with some of those folks and I've watched them grow and they've watched me grow and helped promote each other. And it's not just social media strategists in that group. There's beach body coaches and packaging folks and a dog company. And granted, there's a, some, you know, the two people I love the most in that group are social media strategists. We all do different things mm-hmm. and send each other, you know, work or clients or, um, when I get stuck on something like, Facebook ads. Um, I was having a Facebook ad problem and I just like called my friend Lisa and I was like, can you, do you have time this week to get on a Zoom call with me? And she totally solved my problem. Yeah. And I think so many people in, especially in the marketing industry, other women are scared of collaborating and helping each other. But that's where the magic happens. Because again, we forget people are people, humans are humans. We all need relationships. And if we're not Helping each other, it just becomes like a toxic, mean girl situation. Yeah. And I have seen that happen, you know, through coaching programs where, you know, um, the toxic toxic mean girls stuff happens there. Yeah. And it's really sad that it happens there. At the same time, I think a lot of people see through that and um, look the other, like, you know, go on about their day. But it does happen. I don't think we talk about it. I don't know how to talk about it without naming names, but let's just know it does happen. Um, I have seen many, I've worked with and met with a lot of the bigger like social media influencers. And um, I've been sad to, um, you know, hear opinions of other influencers or other people that they've worked with. Just, I'm just like, we need to be positive and rise each other up and not, you know, when somebody's complaining about somebody else, it's a reflection of you. Yeah. And I sometimes will say I'm venting and then it's like, I'll say something and then I'll realize, oh wait, that is a, that's my own like thing. Like, yeah, that's something that I've really worked hard on lately is, um, but it's just, it doesn't serve you any good to call out so-and-so because, you feel that their program isn't very good, mainly because yours doesn't have as many people in it. And I don't know. So don't compare yourself to other people is the big thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I've seen a lot of that because we've both been online space for a long time and it feels like it's just getting worse and worse. And a lot of the free Facebook groups are just a mean girl off of like being threatened over other people getting your clients. Yeah. And... I'm just over it. <laughs> yeah, no, let's collaborate together. Like I, you know, I, not every woman, every small business is a good fit for me. So it's nice to have other people that I can send folks to. Um, you know, I got a call at the end of May about a client that uh, found me on Google and um, they weren't a good fit for me. And I passed them along to a friend. Uh, I was very clear, like, I don't think this is good for me, but this person loves dogs. And so I was like, And she does marketing and online marketing and social media, and she's a dog fanatic. So I think it'd be best if you worked with her. Um, And uh, she was like, wow, I really appreciate that. Um, Not everybody's a good fit. Yeah. For everybody. So let's talk a little bit about 
why we both love going to live events and the magic of that. Oh, I love, 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 love going to live events. And I don't go to enough. Yeah, me either. They're expensive, guys. Not that money is a factor, but it is. Yeah, social media marketing world is... Um, was it was expensive. I paid for the early bird literally at Social Media Marketing World last year. Um, I've gone to South by Southwest. Um, when I've gone to South by Southwest, I didn't pay for it. Somebody else did. Uh, the company I work for paid for it. But um, the magic of that is the things you learn and the networking. And if you're mm. not taking part in the networking or just meeting other people, um, you're really missing out. Um, I went to social media marketing world, really only knowing two people that were going. And I walked away with a tribe of like 10. And then there were people that I found after that I wished that I totally would have. Exactly. Like, oh, I didn't know you were at social media marketing world. There's actually two or three people that found me via that after. And I have, you know, had Instagram relationships with or Facebook messages or taken over their, their Instagram stories or been on their podcast um, because of, because of social media marketing world and the, you know, the things that you came back from, from social media marketing world inspiration. But, um, the community there is alive and well, we all do the same thing and we're all there for each other. We all do different things and we all live in different areas. Um, I can't remember how we met. Was it, you met my Lisa? Yeah. So I went to social media marketing world, not knowing anyone. Like I met a couple people through that app. And I had dinner with a girl who I'm still friends with now um, the night I got to San Diego, but I really knew no one. And the day the conference started, because we had the, what was it called? The VIP or whatever, the special. Yes, we bought yeah, the so we extra. Got, so we had an extra day. Um, and the day I got there, I sat down at a table and I met a bunch of cool people. And then I went to Duncan Wordle's. Uh, Disney Innovation oh, that's right. workshop for the first class, and I sat down next to Lisa, who is the most outgoing person in the entire world. She is like a magnetic beam of positivity. Yes. <laughs> she introduced herself, and she had just met, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Julia? Uh, Julia. Julie. Yeah. Julie, who's amazing. Um, and they introduced meet at each other and she and Lisa just kind of took me under her wing. I ended up meeting you and Lindsay and everybody in that tribe and we just became like this little cohort of fun social media people. And you're right, we're all different and we yeah. all have different specialties. But we all were like, oh we're gonna be friends forever and we're gonna help each other. And that was just magical. And uh, that This was the first conference that I'd been to where I was like, oh my god, this is like a whole conference of people that get it. Yep. That get what I do. That I don't have to explain over and over, this is what I do. The be- the moment that I knew that we all got it was when we all sat down at lunch and we all pulled out our phones to Instagram and boomerang our lunches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. I don't feel like a weirdo. We're all doing it. Oh, I get, you know, I'll go to lunch with friends and they'll be like, what are you doing? And it's like, but it looks so pretty. I have to like Instagram it. Like nobody wants to see what you eat. And it's like, no, people do want to see what you eat. People want to see your experience. People want to see the behind the scenes. They care. That's how you're relatable. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We all sat down and we did that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, social media marketing world was kind of life changing for me. Yeah. And, uh. It's, but they're expensive. 
That's but the hard part. Totally <laughs> worth it. Like, I was scared by the price, too. I've wanted to go for years. And something in me last July was just like, I'm going to suck it up and do it. I'm going to pay the price. And I did it in installments. But I did it. And now I will go back every year. Because the amount of value you get, it's almost too much value. Like, I still probably have 50 classes I haven't yep. watched. Because there's so much information. You definitely get in brain overload. I had to take minutes and go into the meditation room and just, like, breathe because it was just so many people. There's 6,000 people there. So many classes. So many, like, people who are, like, on all day trying to pitch you and network. Um, It's a little exhausting, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it, too. The other thing I'll tell the folks out there, if you're not networking locally, mm-hmm. um, that's another area. Live events are very key. Um, I belong to Femme City and I um, am part of the Global Co- Collective, which is a, a global um, with various like leaders in various other industries besides marketing. But we have a local group of people that are all different facets and we get together once a month and um, get energized from that. And then... Um, just any local networking groups that you can. Um, that's where I spent a lot of time in the last year. They've really, really helped me with my speaking and really helped me um, figure out what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a great place to research and figure out. Uh, for me, I just ask, what are you struggling with when it comes to online marketing? And um, I figure people tell me what they're struggling with. And from there, I can develop my content. And things like that. But getting out there away from your computer is key. And especially going to something like a social media marketing world or a South by Southwest. I can't think of... I'm sure there's social media conferences I'm thinking of. or Like the Rise. I would love to go to Rise Business. I don't think I'm going to be able make it happen. Hey, you should come. Yeah. And like I said, I have a love-hate relationship with Rachel Hollis and Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I love that Gary Vaynerchuk says, hire somebody to help you in the area that you're not doing well at. But the one thing I don't love about him is when he says, don't hire coaches or just figure it out by watching everybody on social media for free. And um, the other thing he says is you have to do everything and be everywhere. And I don't agree with yeah, that. Yeah. I, th- well, you guys will know that I've talked extensively about my annoyance with Gary Vee and how his, he's kind of fetishized the whole hustle porn lifestyle of just constantly working 24-7, and because of that, he looks like a crazy person, and Mm -hmm. he looks like he's aged 20 years, Um, and I've said this before, but if that's what success is, if that's what I have to be to be successful, I don't want that, because I don't want to work 24-7. I'm over that lifestyle. Yeah, um, I would say that um, his whole hustle all the time thing is... Um, my VIPs in life, um, Natalie Ekdahl talks about your VIPs and their VIPs are not your clients. They're yeah. the most important people in your life and they are your focus. And my focus is my family and then myself and then my business and hustling 24 seven is going, is putting your business first over those VIPs. And mm-hmm. that is the one thing about Gary that I really I've gotten so much from him and I've read all his books. I listen to his podcast, not every day, but I listen to it at least once a week if the topic talks to me. But that hustle, you don't have to hustle all the time. Yeah. If you do, you're going to burn yourself out. Um, I took two weeks off from work. And granted, I had to really 
work ahead on that. I, it was so nice to take a break. Um, and um, I really think that taking those breaks are key. Mm-hmm. And that you should, your clients should know, like, when we, when I send a strategy client, they know, like, you're going to take, I'm going to take off, you know, two weeks in the summer, a week at spring break, um, a week at Thanksgiving, a week at, two weeks at Christmas, and some random time throughout the year. Granted, that's about six weeks, mm-hmm. but I need that. And I can do that because I can, you know, you know, prep content early or move coaching clients around or guest coaching clients to come on, which is what I did on this trip is I had guest coaching clients come talk about Facebook ads and funnels. And um, you have to take that break. Then there's Rachel Hollis, who I absolutely love. But (laughs) um, I absolutely love Rachel. And she's totally right about you need to put yourself first and your health first and your house needs to be clean. I get that. Like if your space needs to be clean and things like that. But there's some parts about Rachel that I don't exactly love. I didn't really love her first book, but I loved the second book about Mm -hmm. really like just stop apologizing and creating habits. But um, she does say things like, for me, it makes, I feel better when I have eyelashes and I really want people to feel beautiful in their own skin and not have to feel like they have to get the eyelashes and the hair extensions and um, you know, the focus on the weight part, which, um, is a reflection on me because I want to lose weight, Yeah. but at the same time, um, you don't have to be skinny to be happy. No, I agree. I, I don't love that she focuses on that, but I do think it's, she's saying that's what makes her feel good. Um, yes. just like, I know I can be schlubby and like leggings and no makeup all the time, but when I actually get up and do my hair and do my makeup and put a cute outfit on. Even if I'm not leaving the house, I do feel more confident. I do feel like I'm going to get more done. But 90% of the time, I don't look like that. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm okay with that. Yeah. So I think it's just whatever kind of motivates you. Yeah. Um, My daughter is seven, and she has amazing eyebrows. She Um, does have good eyebrows. And they're really... There, she has a. She doesn't have a unibrow or anything, but she just has full eyebrows for being seven. And it made me think, like, maybe I should stop getting my eyebrows waxed and see if I could have eyebrows like that. I'm sure I could. So I am in the process of doing that. I know it's weird, but um, I just from seeing my seven year old, like, you know, um, I just took my seven year old yesterday to the orthodontist because the dentist suggested she needed braces, and um, you know, the orthodontist explained to her, like, hey, honey. Your teeth are fine. They're just sticking out a little bit, and we're afraid if you trip and fall, you'll hurt your teeth. And we want to, you know, get those kind of pushed back and straightened a little bit before we do a full braces when you're 13. And she was like, I love I love the way I look. Why are you trying to change it? And it's just Aww. like we're trying to, you know, when we were very careful about the conversation, it's like, you know, she's just trying to prevent something bad from happening um, if you don't want to get braces that second round, that's fine, but it's really going to be up to you. But I have a feeling she'll be like, yes, give me the braces. Yeah, because it's seven versus 13 is a different mindset. Yeah. And um, I'll notice her covering her mouth in pictures or when she talks to people. And I, a few months ago, I was like, why are you doing that? Because she has nice spacing in her teeth because you should have that when your teeth are coming in. Nice big spacing. And she's just like, I'm just worried about all the gaps in my teeth. Um, but she sucked Aww. her thumb in a pacifier and she pushed her front teeth out. So we have to get those back in. But 
I was like, oh, here we go with the, you know, the body stuff um, at seven. Um, we're talking about this already. Oh, gosh, no. And then she might need glasses. And then she's like, well, I don't want to wear glasses. Like, well, you have to see. So I wore yeah. glasses when I was eight. So I had laser eye surgery when in my 30s, but um, which was one of the best things I ever did. But I get that Rachel wants to feel better with the eyelash extensions and the hair extensions. I just think that sometimes it's better spent on house cleaning. Yeah. And but you also have to think about, like, the money she makes versus, like, the money we make. Like, yeah. She can afford to have a nanny and eyelash extensions and hair extensions and a professional makeup artist. And But I think if I did have that money, I don't know if I would do that. I would, de- I would definitely have somebody clean my house. Oh, I have somebody clean my house now. I mean, I'm very lucky that my husband has a good job and that um, we both, that is the one splurge that we have. You know, um, we do like try to eat organic and try to eat, you know, hormone free beef. Um, there's things that I'm not uh, negotiable about, but the, the cleaning one was the biggest one that I felt guilty about. And what it just boils down to is, I am not good at cleaning my house, and um, it's nice to have somebody come twice a month and do it for me. Um, yeah. And it was—it's really fairly inexpensive. Was the other thing? Yeah, I, I think I have another friend. Um, my other friend Shannon, Shannon De Palma, talked about how she was like, you know, what is the next level me? And he, she was like, my next level me would hire somebody to clean my house because I hate doing it. Next level me would hire somebody to, like, make meals for me a few times a week because she hates cooking. Mm. And she's like, that... She was like, if you just realize it's not that expensive and you can do that now, she's like, you have so much more creative space to focus on your business, your family, everything else. Yeah. Well, I hired an assistant to help me about um, 20 hours a month in January, and it's been life-changing, and it's helped me be more creative and freed up so much time um, to be creative on my clients and to actually work on my business. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that's a next level of me. The next level of that would be either hiring like a, a digital marketing person. Me, no, okay. like actually, I'm putting out to the universe that I want to hire Melanie. Melody for, for full-time. I always say Melanie, and it's Melody, like Melody singing, and... Um, Come on, Everybody, Shay. I know this, <laughs> you guys. I totally know this. I literally, like, every day, She's I'm like, literally Mel. sitting across from me. Mel. I just call her Mel. It's just well, that, that's what my friends call me. Yeah. You guys can't call me that because you don't know me yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I have aspirations to have an assistant help with scheduling and some little things and um, operations and invoices, and I have aspirations to hire, like, a full-time marketing person to work with me in my inside my agency and help me I with my I would love coaching. to work and with you full time. I put it out to the universe, you know, that that is, you know, something that I want to do. I also would love to hire a life coach, and so I've been putting that out to the universe, too. Hey, I know several. Yeah, I know. I know several, too. I work with life coaches. Like, <laughs> it's so funny that you say that. Like, I, there seem to be, like, the people that come to me for coaches, for, for coaching stuff. So, um, but... That would be next level me is hiring some more staff. I do a lot of collaborative and collective work with photographers and bloggers and content writers and graphic designers. But I think the next level is to hire, you know, another set of eyes to help me with my own marketing and funnel strategy and 
things like that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, because we've just been chatting away and people are going to be like, oh my God, we get it. You guys love each other, whatever. <laughs> um, if a woman is listening and she's like, well, I really want to start my own business, but I don't know how to get to that level or start doing that. What was your first piece of advice for her to get started? Be consistent. Have one goal and then follow through consistently on that goal. And you can't take on 15 goals at one time. It's one goal at a time. That's been my biggest like goal with everybody. So if somebody comes to me saying, my goal is to master being visible online, then it's like, okay, well, then let's write down all the steps to get there. And we work on that goal until you master it. And if you haven't mastered it, you can't work on your next goal. So, yeah, I think that's really key because I get bogged down in like a thousand goals. Yes. Sometimes, and I don't always break it down. I'm just like, okay, I need to make, I don't know, for a long time, my big goal was like, I need to make six figures. That's a really big goal. And I didn't break that down. It was just the thing that people told me I needed to do. Yeah. So, what's going to, what is it going to take yeah. for you to get to six figures? Yeah. And how long? Is it going to take you to get there? Because it's not going to happen in a year. No, I love that um, my friend Crystal put something up on Instagram a few weeks ago, and it was like, I'm a seven-year overnight success. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. What was that quote about Beyonce? Beyonce... Beyonce wasn't built in a day. Yeah. yeah. Beyonce took her, you know, uh, to master the stage at Coachella didn't happen overnight. It was a... You know, to be on the stage of Coachella, it was years and years and years and years of years of stuff. And she's there and she's Beyonce. So, yeah, well, we all aspire to be Beyonce. Yeah. Queen B. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you if they want to learn more about you? Shannon Lee Strategy on Instagram is the best place to connect with me. Um, ShannonLeeStrategy.com is my website. Um, on Instagram, I'm always giving tips and mini trainings. Um, that's what I love to do. If somebody's struggling with something, I like to just tackle it and take it on and show people on the gram. I've been quiet this month because I'm working on some new things for September, but I'll be back at it in August with new stuff. Yeah. Yay. Taking a break. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun and I'm so excited that I had my first location, uh, togetherness, I don't know what I'm trying to say, podcast Podcast interview, where I'm actually seeing you instead of being on a virtual Zoom call, so that's fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did, and until next time, we'll see you. Bye! Yay! Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.